0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Yeah! Woo! Heck yeah, bye! -bye. Rivers gives to Strolls, angling left. the room. 15,
0: 10, 5.
1: Jackpot!
0: He got it! He got it! He got it! Touchdown, Antonio! 112 career touchdown catches. That's the most by an NFL tight
1: end all time. I would have hoped that if people would have figured it out, I'd just like to play football. This is Score More with Garrett System Let's go! What's up, everybody? Welcome to the audio edition of Score More. No video today. Went to the optometrist today. Don't want to put my dilated eyes on camera really can't really see very good anyway it's blurry so it doesn't matter and if I got dilated eyes I know that you guys out there will somehow screenshot it and use it against me at a later date probably when I have a bad draft take or something so it's audio and plus I don't want to be around bright lights and all that anyway right now so that's that's for real and uh when I went to the optometrist, he told me I had vision. He also told me uh, that he could see my future was bright. So that's always good to hear, 2020 vision. And uh, I, I I, did go to the optometrist. I didn't want to just get those jokes off. I Those just came to me in the moment. But we're here. Score more, audio edition, so no video breakdown. But let's talk about last night, Halloween. That's not what I was going to talk about, but, dude, Halloween's the best, isn't it? Halloween, Christmas, great. Thanksgiving still sucks. I'm on record saying that. But last night is what I meant. Oh, and by the way, if you're a real G today, I know everybody's eating your Halloween candy today. Go into Target or Walmart or wherever or grocery store whatever. Bags of candy right now, the Halloween candy, major discount on them. Go get them. Eat them on your lunch break if you're a real G. So anyway, last night, in the wee hours of the night, I think it was like 9 o'clock on the West Coast here for me and most of us, the Raiders fired Josh McDaniels. They moved in Antonio Pierce as the inter- interim head co- Interim? Terrible word. Can't say it. Interim head coach. And then they fired their offensive coordinator, got rid of their GM, and I mean, we all knew that wasn't going to work out. Mark Davis continues to be bad at his job. We all know that, but there is something kind of smart about this. First off, when they had Gruden and Mayock, I mean, as Charger fans, that was exciting because they were terrible at their jobs. When they hired Josh McDaniels, you knew it wasn't going to work. I mean, he just he didn't have the supporting cast. He he's Just not head coaching material. You could tell. And then they signed him into a big deal. They're going to have to pay him even after they fired him. But now the team's in disarray. Devontae Adams is a happy. Josh Jacobs doesn't know what the hell's going on with the offense. And then that's why they fired their offensive coordinator today. So what now is kind of concerning is that, I guess, maybe, if you're a Chargers fan, is that Jimmy Garoppolo is now being benched? They're gonna bring in Aiden O'Connell. See how he's gonna do throughout the season. This upcoming draft class is really good in terms of quarterbacks. Firing your head coach midway through the season could go one or two ways. Uh, it could be like where what happened with uh, Rich Pisaccia and he, you know, leads them. Uh, down the path, and they they finish strong, or the bottom falls out, they're a bad team. That's the concern. The more games they lose, not that you're rooting for the Raiders to win, because who would do that? Who in their right mind would even believe that that's a team you'd want to root for ever in your life? What psychopath would pick the Raiders as their team that they want to believe in and follow for the rest of their life? What person would go through life Saying, I'm a Raider fan. Who in their right mind would do that? But not us. Not us. Because uh, we don't root for the Raiders here. But if they lose a lot of games, get a high draft pick, high enough to get one of these quarterbacks, could really change this team's trajectory. So, in a way, kind of smart by Mark Davis. Starting A. O'Connell. Garoppolo's been bad, so you know, it's interesting to see how O'Connell will do. They're giving him his shot, but if he's not any good, that's not all bad. It sucks for Raiders fans because they're gonna have to watch on a lost season. And I'm I'm happy for Antonio Pierce getting a job, but uh yeah, I think that's Schefter was saying that's twelve different coaches in twenty seasons. That's crazy. Crazy turnover. They just cannot find stability over there in Oakland or Vegas or wherever they moved to. So that was what was kind of worrying me about the Broncos early in the year was that once they traded for Russell Wilson, uh, he was washed. I mean, it, it you felt like that wasn't going to work out, and I know the the name was nice and it was a big story, but Anybody who watched Russell Wilson the last two years in Seattle knew he wasn't all that good. So when they started losing and losing and losing, you then get concerned again about them finding a new quarterback in the draft. Same thing goes for the Raiders. And there's some kind of cruel world where the Patriots somehow find a way to get Caleb Williams. I can't stop thinking about that thought in the back of my mind. And I know Chicago sucks. They've got two really high picks, but there's just something about that that doesn't sit right with me. And it's just, it just tickles the back of my mind just a little bit every time I think about it. I just can't stop thinking about somehow Caleb Williams following to the Patriots, following to the Patriots. And then having Belichick resurrect his career again without Brady. I, it just, I'm hoping it doesn't happen. It's like when, B, when Bianna went to the Spurs, it was like, how does Popovich get him? This is the same thing. Belichick getting Caleb Williams would be nuts, but different story. So anyway, Raiders move on from Josh McDaniels, move on to a new quarterback fire their GM, fire their offensive coordinator, all that kind of Las Vegas Patriots that they brought over, all kind of left in the dust because McDaniels is gone. And then they said that teams were calling the Raiders yesterday, and the teams were saying they weren't even picking up the phone. And that's why, of all days to do this major turnover, Mark Davis decided that he should do it during the busiest time of the NFL season during the NFL trade deadline. During the season, if any at any point you don't want to do this is when you could be active in being sellers, which the Raiders should absolutely be doing, and they're doing right now. They could be getting some draft capital for a rebuild now because you fired your head coach and that vision is gone and you need to build a new one. They're not doing that. And they didn't pick up the phone. Teams didn't even know what was going on. Chargers were neither sellers nor buyers. No moves. But we knew that because Tom Telesco, not his M.O. You would have liked to have Telesco do something. Move in one direction because this idling in the middle was frustrating. Year in and year out. Now, I get it. You don't just make a move just to make a move. I'm not even saying they really needed to make a move. They got calls about a couple players yesterday. Kenneth Murray being one of them. Joey Bosa being another one. They didn't like the prices they were given on those two. I heard nothing about them calling or reaching out. I checked on that Darnell Mooney thing. I didn't hear anything or any confirmation that they were even considering signing Darnell Mooney. From what I heard, they're comfortable with wide receiver room. They think they're going to get a little bit of a boost when Jalen Guyton gets back. So they think they're okay right now once Guyton gets back in terms of death at wide receiver. Why would they then sign Darnell Mooney? That part didn't make sense to me, but no moves. Just kind of stay in the course. They think they got a team good enough to compete. They said at the beginning of the season, They're not panicking now, even though we're halfway through the year. They're just going to bowl forward. For better or worse, we will see. and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions
1: 18 plus. In terms of the trade deadline, so some excitement going on around the NFL. I don't need to go over the games and recaps. We'll go over the AFC West in a little bit. But in terms of the trade deadline, Chase Young to the 49ers, big deal. The fact that they were able to even get a give up a pick round later than what the Bears gave for Montez Sweat, who's going to be a free agent in the offseason. Two sides of the spectrum there. You've got the 49ers making the smart move, bringing in Chase Young, adding some more pass rush, even though they just added Randy Gregory, but more firepower. The Bears, who now are going to be not stuck with Sweat, but are now going to have to sign Sweat to a deal in order for that to make sense. They're going to have to give him a contract extension now, which I understand they could have in free agency. Where it makes sense a little bit is that they didn't want to fight with other teams about signing Sweat. They wanted to bring him in-house and then sign him so that he was there with them. And they could guarantee that he would be signed with the team. But w- why? 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 There's so many holes on this roster. Montez Sweat? And the season's practically over for them anyway. They're not going anywhere. What's the rush to bring in Sweat and trade a pick away? Especially because that pick is going to be a really, really high pick. Because the Bears aren't any good. So the Commanders come out really good in this deal. They trade away both pass rushers, by the way. Both Chase Young and Montez Sweat. So they're punting the season. Obviously adding Leonard Williams to the Seahawks was a big move for them. But one other thing that just confuses me about the trade deadline is this deal with the Vikings and, and Josh Dobbs. I would live out of my backpack if I were Joshua Dobbs. I would not unpack. I would rent a hotel I would or whatever condo you got. I would not be buying property anywhere. Like they ship that dude off so frequently that they might as well just like not ever put your hooks in anywhere. Don't, don't lay down and, and get houses anywhere. Don't, you know, start your family up in any city at any point. Just live out of your suitcase and backpack and just be ready to be packed at any moment. And that sucks. But what I don't understand is, what's in this for Minnesota? Kirk Cousins out for the season. So if Cousins is gone, why are you then trying to win games now? The Vikings aren't in it. They're out right now. So they want to win enough games to not be good? I mean... I I just don't understand what the thinking is here. Winning football games is, I guess, the one thing. That's important in the NFL. But in a lost season, they want to go for it? Why even waste draft capital on them? That doesn't make any sense. We didn't see any of the teams in the AFC West make any moves. In fact, the Broncos, I mean... There were so many rumors, and it feels like this happens every year, with Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton going somewhere. Nothing. They're staying in. In terms of the AFC, uh, Rasul Douglas went to the Bills, which there's a video floating around where Josh Allen told Rasul Douglas that he sucks, I think, or he's a bum. I think he sucks. There's a <laughs> he said it to his face. And now he's on the same team as him. So that'll be a fun little encounter. Donovan's Peoples Jones to the Lions is cool for some speed for the Lions, but it makes Jamison Williams and his stock and his future seem to take a step, if not a couple steps back. Because, man, he is struggling to catch the ball right now. And so they go out and get Peoples Jones to add a little firepower it's good depth though and the one thing i wanted to see was jalen johnson man he is so good he is so good i wanted to see him go somewhere because he's wasting away there in chicago but no teams were able to make a deal there and how funny is it that nobody called the patriots on mac jones that is hilarious because who would who would call on mac jones he stinks. And the fact that the Patriots are even starting him in football games is beyond me. But also what happened yesterday, outside all the trade deadline stuff, outside of the Raiders, the Chargers cut Trey McKinney, tied in Trey McKinney. That pick the Chargers got back from that Philip Rivers deal with the Colts turned into tight end in Trey McKinney the pick nobody understood, is now cut midseason, and it just looks worse and worse. They spent high draft capital on a tight end who couldn't block nor catch. And those, to me, are two pretty important things for a tight end to do. And whatever they thought they could develop in him did not work out. And he has been the bane of the Chargers' existence, Chargers fans' existence. And, well, maybe both, huh? Uh, for a long time. Ever since he's been drafted. Telesco usually holds on to his draft picks a little bit longer than he should. So you thought maybe it was coming next offseason, but he was inactive two weeks ago. It's time to move on. So they did. And they've got a roster, uh, open roster spot, which means there might be another move coming very, very soon which would be nice, but, man, good riddance Trey McKitty. I mean, he has just been a net negative for a long time. And we saw Jordan McFadden in that kind of Hulk package, that sumo package, on Sunday night. And he, I would have put Jordan McFadden in as an extra blocker over Trey McKitty every day. Let him run it. Let him know you're running it if you got an extra lineman. But Trey McKitty who drew a penalty on Sunday night. It was just time to let go, man. And they did, so good on them. We'll see if anybody picks McKitty up. I'm curious if they try to dangle him out as trade bait, just get a seventh for him or something, but wasn't going to happen. Didn't happen. They cut him, and I'm curious if he'll sign with anybody else. But now... Let's talk about this AFC West. Because it's kind of interesting. So the Chargers won, we know that. They beat the Bears Sunday night. The Chiefs played the Broncos in Denver, and the Broncos beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs are now six and two. The Chargers now move up to second place to three and four. The Raiders lost. They're three and five. So the Broncos and Raiders are tied for third in the AFC West at three and five. Chargers three and four because of the bye. And the Chiefs is six and two. So the Chargers move up in division. Raiders lost, Chiefs lost. So the Broncos doing the Chargers a little favor here. So then move a little bit closer to the Chiefs, closing that distance a little bit. And the Chargers climb out of the cellar, so to speak in the AFC West, even though they were never quite behind the Broncos because they've just been real bad. But got a huge win against the Chiefs at mile high, and that's always a hard place to play no matter who you are. But the Chiefs had a streak going against the Broncos. Snapped it on Sunday. Broncos get to win. And that's going to do it for me. Thanks for joining me on this audio edition of Score More. Make sure to join me next Wednesday. I'm sure there'll be video. And let's just hope the Chargers score more on Monday night.